Okay. All right. Romans. Okay, we're back. We're back. Okay. Romans chapter four. Um, Lord bless this connection. Wow. Yeah. Um, so I want to talk about imputed righteousness. And this is a very important term uh, when understanding the finished work because um, God is really, um, he is giving us all that we need. Uh, and, and we have said in previous classes that uh, all of who he is, is all of who we are. And uh, this word imputed righteousness is found in Romans chapter four, verse three through six, and also in the same chapter nine through 12. And we see a couple examples here. Uh, Abraham, for instance, okay, in verse 2, For if Abraham was justified by works, he hath whereof to glory, but not before God. Uh, so he just, again, Paul is saying to the Corinthians, uh, to, uh, to our, sorry, he's speaking to the Romans, he's saying, listen, the only boast that we have is in Christ, because everything that we have in our life is because of Christ. So I want to, so the whole emphasis is do not establish your own righteousness. Do not evaluate yourself, do not compare yourself, do not justify yourself based on your own works. Even if they're good works, they're not good enough. And I think a lot of religion is living in their own righteousness, which is called self-righteousness, okay? But in 2 Corinthians 5.21, I think, gives the best definition of imputed righteousness. And before we turn there, uh, we see here, let's go back to chapter 4 of Romans. Um, for what saith the scripture, Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Now to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. So when you talk to people and you share the gospel, your people may say to you, oh, it's so simple. Oh, that's too easy. All I have to do is believe. And that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Because believing is our heart consent to trust and to say, that I am not enough, I could never do enough, I could never be enough to earn or to merit God's favor. So this is why imputed righteousness is so incredibly valuable in a believer's life, because we can now rest in his love, we can now rest in his truth, and we now can rest in his grace, and his grace is what now labors in my life, right? And it's now the Spirit of God that labors, and uh, we are believing. Now, someone might say, well, believing, it, it sounds so, like, minimal. But actually, that word believe is uh, really an, an action of agreement, walking alongside, submitted to God, saying, Lord, I am acting in your spirit and in your power otherwise verse four if i'm working if i'm working then it's just debt i'm trying to pay back a debt and a lot of christians a lot of christian 
um, messages is all about debt, 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 pray more, do more, read more, give more, um, which are all excellent things, but really grace changes our motivation where Galatians 5, 6, we are loved, therefore faith is produced in us, right? We are forgiven, therefore we forgive others. And we're going to talk about forgiveness tonight. Um, it's a different type of angle where Christ does the heavy lifting. And let's look at 2 Corinthians 5.21. He imputes all of himself so that we stand holy. We stand perfect. We stand totally a product of the grace of God. We are declared righteous. And not only that, we are justified. We said last class, the word justification means vindication. We are no longer guilty in the eyes of God, but we are now, uh, we are now free and we are now precious in his sight. So in 2 Corinthians 5.21, a verse that we hear a lot, for he hath made him to be sin for us. Okay, he did not sin, but he was the propitiation and he, and he stood in our place. The, the judge says, you are guilty. Jesus stands up and says, I will take that, I will take that debt, 1 John 2.2, 2, and I will stand and become sin. And he did not know any sin, which confirms he, he, was, um, he had a free will, but he did not use it in any other way but to glorify the Father, that we might be made big word there made the righteousness the righteousness of god in him so again we can really tell our message if it's christ-centered then it's going to be a product of what christ has done and i think this might be simple for us because we've heard it a lot but in, i mean wouldn't you say when you talk to the average person they are constantly striving to be good enough to be holy enough to be religious enough uh, and they're being just legalistic and when they do well they enter into self-righteousness which means hey look at what i've done i'm a good person don't you know how good i am and it's all rubbish to god god says in isaiah 64 6 that even our good is filthy rags now that's not a that's not an exciting or popular message, but we first must go to this place of depravity, which is saying, God, I am nothing without you, John 15, 5, but I'm everything uh, with you or as a product of grace. So so imputed righteousness, uh, big, big point here. So Christ has become our righteousness christ has become that so when you and i stand before god today we could not do it without christ like if someone's trying to just be uh, subject to the moral law thinking that it will appease the royal law then that person will be very disappointed when they stand before god right right people will say i'm a good person i don't murder anybody I don't kill, I don't rob, but it's all based in my righteousness. And God says it's not enough. So 
In Romans chapter 4, um, we see David as an example in verse 6. Even David also described the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputes his righteousness without work. So, again, God is giving us uh, everything that pertains to life and godliness, right? Ephesians 1, 3. Someone might say, I don't have patience. I don't have joy. I don't have love. I don't have uh, grace. And that is true. But God imputes it or he brings it and he lets us be the ultimate beneficiary of it. So we have his patience. We have his grace. We have his love. And this is why the Christian life is really surrendering and letting him increase and we decrease right so let me just say a couple more things saying blessed are those whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered so i want to touch on that in a moment but so number one it's imputed righteousness christ has become our righteousness okay that's amazing so today we believe we agree and we walk in the spirit. Okay, that's why we desire the things of God, because our spirit is alive, right? The unregenerated man does not desire the things of God because they're full of themselves, right? Yeah. We see that in 2 Corinthians, uh, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, the natural mind does not understand the things of God, right? Number two is perfect righteousness, okay? God is perfectly righteous which means holy that's why no one has ever seen god and if they did they would they would be totally annihilated right because god is totally holy so without christ we would never have a relationship with god we would never be accepted by god but in ephesians 1 7 not only are we accepted but we're called beloved and i love this word it says praise to the glory of his grace, because it was all God that was the bridge between man and God. That was Jesus Christ was that bridge. All right, so let's look at James 1.17. So when we share our faith, um, we honestly, as, as Americans, and I don't mean to pull that card, but in the West, we are very production-minded. We are very self-oriented to proclaim ourselves, but um in our in our message we have to really share with people that listen it's not about you and me it's not about what we can produce for god it's not even about our goodness it's really about the perfect work of jesus christ okay and i want to go into that for a minute but john uh, james 117 every good and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, to whom there is no variable variableness, neither shadow of turning. Okay? He's perfect. Okay? There is no darkness in him at all in First John chapter 1. No darkness. He is flawless. He is perfect. He is superior. Right? Hebrews 7, 7, my favorite verse. The superior blesses the inferior. It's a great verse, 7-7 seven, seven of Hebrews. God says, I will be the lowest of low so that I can raise man to the highest of high, that one day he'll be with me. I am superior 
Therefore, I will graciously bless the inferior. And we thank God every day for that. Amen. It's amazing. All right, let's look at Romans 3.25. So perfect righteousness means it is totally perfect and holy. Romans 3, uh, 25 and 26. Uh, who God hath set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood. And we're going to talk about the blood of Christ because that is what totally is declares our, uh, our righteousness in Christ. It's the blood of Christ. So through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God, to declare at this time his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him who believes in Jesus. So if we can say to people, listen, I know you're a good person. I know you've done all these great things. And this is why religious people are difficult to lead to Christ oftentimes because they're so full of their, their goodness. But God says, you have to see your need for me. You have to see that you're bankrupt, you're naked, you're destitute without me. So all right, let's turn back to Romans 4. That's good news, isn't it? <laughs> it gets better. There's judicial, there's judicial righteousness. Okay, that's number. So imputed righteousness, perfect righteousness, now judicial righteousness. Okay, that's in Romans 5 too. That means Jesus was the only one that could stand on our behalf. He's the only one that could shed his blood because it was perfect. There was nobody else that could take our place. So judicially, he stands perfectly for us. So this is why the Father, God the Father, when he looks at you, he sees his son. Right? We can still grieve the spirit. We can still quench the spirit. We can still insult the spirit, right? The Holy Spirit, the buffer, the, the one that is actively energizing the work of God in us. It, 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 there is still sin still um, has impacts absolutely on us. Absolutely. But the father looks at the son and says, you stand I am you, you are me, right? It's the John 17 principle. Everyone that you've given me, I have lost none. And I've done that for the glory of you. John 17, amazing chapter. Let's look at that for a minute. <laughs> you guys good? We good? Yeah. All right. Uh John 17, I mean, this is, this chapter really, you could preach a, a thousand messages out of this chapter or more. Uh, <laughs> see, 17, 4, I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work. Five, oh, Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which thou hast given before the world was. I have manifested your name, six, unto the, unto men, which thou gavest me out of the world. They Thine they were, 
and thou gavest thou them to me, and they and and they have kept thy word. Word. Woo, some good King James English right there. Yeah. Um, it's new standard. Uh, so, <laughs> I mean, this is. Verse eight, I have given unto them the words which thou gavest to me, and they received them, and have known surely I've come out from thee, and they have believed that thou didst send, send me. It's amazing. Um, uh, oh, boy. Uh, verse 14, I've given them thy word, and the world hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. It's amazing. So. 1717 sanctify them set them apart to my to the truth my word is truth again 19 all right so righteousness is really important this is why this is why religion has the wrong source it has the wrong starting point when because religion is all about performance it's all about debt it's all about me 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 achieving something where righteousness is i want to get to know god so that that causes us to surrender our will to god so now it's no longer i that live but Christ liveth in me. It's no, I'm bought with a price, right? First Corinthians 6 19. All right. I want to shift here for a minute. Um, he says something here in Romans chapter 4. Uh, Romans chapter 4, verse 7. Blessed are those whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin okay huge words he will not impute sin okay so this is why is that so in, incredibly important and i forgot something okay i forgot them before i go there there's another righteousness okay there's another righteousness so what there's imparted uh, excuse me imputed there's perfect righteousness Righteousness, there's judicial righteousness, there's self-righteousness, but then there is imparted righteousness, okay? Imparted righteousness. Now, imparted righteousness is progressively experiencing our faith, okay? The technical definition is we are progressively experiencing our faith as we take in the word of God and apply it by faith. Okay. Imparted. Okay. Imputed means it happened the moment at salvation. That's our position. We are declared righteous. But imparted means in parts, I am learning and experiencing everything that God says. Okay. That's one of the greatest accusations in Christianity. I don't experience God. I don't sense God. I don't. And it's because the imparted righteousness happens through obedience. Like you showing up tonight, God is going to add to your faith. He's going to, he's going to add uh, something supernatural to your, to your life personally. All right. Let's look at Romans eight, four. I don't want to miss this. So 
imparted means God is he's looking at you positionally holy but progressively you and I are being sanctified and we're becoming more and more like him okay so imparted so Romans 8 4 that the righteousness of the law might be be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. So, so this is why when we get saved, you know, we could say, God, why don't you just, you know, take away our sin? We'd be, you know, why couldn't we just be perfect? Why do we have to like wrestle with the natural man? And it's because God says, I did everything for you, but now I want you to recognize the value of it and experience the beauty of it. Okay. It's like someone saying, I, you know, I know I'm forgiven and then they fail and they reap the consequences of their failure, but then they discover mercy. And it's like, mm -hmm. wow. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's like an apple pie tastes a whole lot better when you're hungry. Right. It's the same principle. If I'm if I'm stuffed, right, I'm not going to appreciate the apple pie. But if we're starving hungry and we recognize the beauty of that apple pie, then that's going to taste sweeter. It's going to taste even more amazing, right? How many want apple pie right now? Yeah, absolutely. So imparted righteousness. This is why you and I come to church and we open our Bibles. We fellowship one with another because we're learning this moment by moment step by step decision by decision okay make sense we good Amen. all right i want to get to something uh briefly here so forgiveness let's look back here four seven and eight eight in particular the lord will not impute sin so who did he impute sin to? Jesus. Right. All of our sin was on Christ. Right. Colossians 2:14, 1 John 2:2, 2, 2, John 3:16, John 3:17, right? There's now no condemnation for those who are walking in Christ Jesus, Romans 8:1, because Christ took all of our sin, past, present, and even the future. So this is why our message is not about sin, not even about repentance. Okay, that was John the Baptist's message, and that's a beautiful word, but it doesn't come before the word believe, because no one knows how to repent unless they first are confronted with the goodness of God. Romans chapter 2, verse 4. But this is a big word. God does not look at you and I in our sin. We look at ourselves in our sin. We do. We remember our sin. We could probably tell each other, I don't recommend it, how many times we sin in a certain area. And we can do that. We can be like the bean counter, right? What's a bean counter? It's someone that counts their beans to make sure they have enough beans for their, for their food. God does not count the beans. He does not count our sin. Why? 
all of our sin went on Christ. <clears throat> now, let me make sure we're not going to misunderstand each other here. That sin is missing the mark. It's falling short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23, right? 6.23, it's the wages of sin that is as the consequence of death, physical and spiritual, right? <clears throat> but God looks at you outside of your sin and i i think i'm saying this saying it over and over because we remember people's sin we remember our sin we judge people based on their sin we become the judge and the jury and god is saying i don't impute sin i have taken it and the only thing you need to do in first john 1 7 through 9 is agree with me that this is missing the mark of holiness. When we agree with God, he, is, he justifies us, cleanses us from all unrighteousness, and he removes our sins. So if we go back to the same sin and over and over and over, we know in 1 John chapter 4 that habitual sin is because someone is, is void of love or love has not been perfected in that individual, right? We know that. Um, so let me illustrate this, because I think this is very important. Because we're natural creatures. We look at things based on the senses, uh, and we're quick to identify what's wrong, right? So we understand, first of all, that when we sin, we break fellowship. We do not break position, right? For us that have kids, if our kids have done something wrong, we don't throw them out of the family. We don't say, you're no longer part of the family. No. Even if we do that, the blood is still the blood, right? And Christ is saying, you break fellowship, but you do not break um, position. So Isaiah 30, verse 1, we are quick to repent, agree with God, name it, forsake it, and move on. So we don't add sin to sin because the wages of sin is destruction, <laughs> right? But he says here, blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. So God died for the sins of the whole world, but the one that he hasn't imputed it to is the believer, an unbeliever, if they die, they die in their sin. They rejected the very, the very provision for sin. They rejected it. And so therefore, they'll be judged because they rejected the only provision for sin. But the believer, God says, when, you, when we stand before God, it's not going to be a list of all the sins we did. You sinned 3,486,210 times. And we have a lot to talk about. No, it's not going to be like that not going to be like that it's going to be it's going to literally be about opportunities and how we walked with god in time how we chose god and how we maybe missed opportunities okay so that's isn't that good that's a great that's a great revelation so so if we look through the book of psalms david is saying creating a clean heart search my heart know me if there's any wicked way what was David doing? He was he was agreeing and wanting to walk in God's uh, God's uh, imputed righteousness. 
Okay. So let's think about this for a minute. Uh, forgiveness. Galatians 3.13. Good verse. Galatians 3.13. Christ became a curse so that we would not be cursed. Okay. Christ would not, Christ was hanging on a tree. Cursed is the man that's on the tree, dies on the tree. And he took that so that we would never be cursed, right? So today when we meet a broken person, it isn't clean up your life so God will accept you. No, it's come as you are, fall on the mighty hand of God and he will raise you up. That's why our message is a message of truth and love and forgiveness and therefore he makes us holy he makes us obedient he makes us faithful all right so the blood of christ the blood of christ does three things i want to look at that with you with you for a minute so uh i'm going to give you a couple verses here verses you know hebrews 9 22 without the shedding of blood there is no remission for sin. There's no answer for sin. Blood had to be shed. Okay. 914, the blood of Christ cleanses our conscience and washes our heart with clean water. It removes the stain of sin. Do we still sin? Absolutely. We have a sin nature, but we sin less and less. Okay. So number one. The blood covers us. That's First Peter 4, 8. The blood covers us. So that means when God looks at us, he sees the blood of his son. And he says this in Isaiah 1, 18. We're sinners. Yes, that's. That's who we are in our disposition, but in our position. And this is what regulates our fellowship and our standing with God is that we're covered in the blood of Christ. First Peter 4, 8. Love covers a multitude of sins. It doesn't condone it, but it's the one thing that stands between me and the sinner. It's the covering, covering, right? It's like throwing a bucket of paint on somebody, right? Or better yet, it's like jumping to a pool. You're totally wet as you go under the water. It's the same principle. You and I are totally covered in the blood. So today our past or our present or our future cannot disrupt the blood. Romans 8, 37 through 39. Nothing can separate us from from who God is in us. All right, number two, the blood cleanses us. Okay. So there's a term called comparative righteousness. And we kind of gave that definition without giving the term comparative righteousness, which is, hey, I'm comparing myself with other people and I'm coming out on top, right? Comparative righteousness. And second, Corinthians 10, 12 says that's a bad idea. That's a bad idea because God cleanses us from our unrighteousness. So 
the accuser, the devil, Romans 12, 10, he's constantly telling us about our sin, constantly telling us what we've done wrong. But what overcame the devil? The blood of the lamb and the word of its testimony. Right? 12, 11 there. It's very, very important. So when the devil comes to accuse you, you can say the confession of the blood says, no matter how guilty I look, Zechariah 3, 3, Joshua had dirty garments and Jesus gave him new garments. Okay. That's amazing. So our past, which tries to hijack our present, doesn't have to happen because the blood covers us and the blood cleanses us in 1 John 1, 7 through 9. It cleanses us. And there's a beautiful word. It's exolifine. It's a word we've used in the past, but to blot out from Isaiah 44, 22, it is amazing. It is he blots out, he removes the trace of all of our sin. Isn't that amazing? It removes all the trace of our sin. And then thirdly, the blood creates us brand new. Okay, so what are those three things? Number one is what? Blood covers us. Covers us. <clears throat> Cleanses us, right? And what's the third one? Yeah. So 2 Corinthians 5, 17, a, a verse we know by heart, right? But what a revelation that we are made new. And this is what heals the brokenhearted. This is what heals those that are so. And the answer is, you're right. We would never be without Christ. So there's forgiveness. And that's a big word. To forgive means to release someone of their offense. Okay? Forgiveness. To release someone of their offense. Okay? Now, I'm, I'm going to say something maybe oversimplistic here. When you and I release somebody of their offense, it means this. It means, Lord, you have forgiven me of much greater. Therefore, I'm not going to hold that person hostage, even though they are guilty. I'm not the judge. I'm going to release them. Okay? That doesn't mean I'm going to go on vacation with them, but it just means in my spirit, I'm not going to be the judge and the jury. I'm going to forgive or to give something before. To forgive means to give something before. So I'm going to give that person what they don't deserve, and that's to treat them in my mind, in my heart, like Christ treated us. Like he that sinneth much, loveth much, right? We know that principle. Now, Forgiveness doesn't mean I'm there to change that person. Somebody might say, well, I can forgive, but I can't forget. 
Well, I really believe if you and I release that person of their offense, the Holy Spirit will replace that tragic, whatever that is, he'll replace it with something from the blood of Christ, something new. So let's say I can't forgive somebody. Well, it's because I, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm acting like the judge and jury. I've not released that person from the offense. L let me illustrate that there's an interesting, um, there's an interesting verse here. And I, I think we have a few more minutes here. Uh, look at, look at Leviticus 14 for a minute. You guys doing okay? We all right? Yes, the blood. All right. So the blood, the blood overcomes and it speaks better things, right? That's why I want to have a message that's that's doused in blood, right? Mm. Right. So Leviticus 14. So interesting interesting verse here that's worth your meditation because obviously time is going to fail us here but um so think about it leviticus 17 11 says the life of a person is in the blood so genetically we've inherited through the bloodline sin from adam so we're contaminated but the blood of christ is perfect and it's without spot without blemish and this is why his blood covers and cleanses us and makes us a new creation. But look at this illustration. This is very interesting. Leviticus 14, 1 through 7. So they're talking here about leprosy, which is a which is a type of sin in the Old Testament. And it says here, it shows the offering here in verse 4, that the priest commanded to take for him that is to be cleansed two birds, alive and clean, and cedar wood and scarlet and hyssop. You look at that, that's a description of the cross in the Old Testament right there. And the priest shall command that one of the birds be killed in an earthen vessel over running water. As for the living bird, he shall take it and the cedar wood and the scarlet and the hyssop and shall dip them in the living bird in the, in the blood of the bird that was killed over running water. And he shall sprinkle upon him, that is, to be cleansed from the leprosy seven times, and shall pronounce him clean, and shall let the living bird loose into an open field. <clears throat> this is the gospel. We see that the cross, the shedding of blood, and Christ was the bird that was killed. And his blood was sprinkled seven times, which speaks of perfection, on you and I. And we, it cleanses us. It makes us new. And we are released into the world as a product of redemption, a product of his righteousness. Isn't that awesome? Exactly. It's amazing. It's amazing. And in counseling, in counseling, this is, this is our message, that, that you are free in Christ, not to live like your own way, but to live according to the way of Christ. Amen. So let me give you a couple verses for your meditation and then we can we can have some QA, okay? So the blood of Christ. Jeremiah 5020. Jeremiah 5020. 
our sin is cast behind his back and he remembers it no more. That's also Hebrews 8.12. He remembers your sin no more. Why? Because he doesn't impute sin. He doesn't do it. So here's another good verse. Psalm 103.10-12. through 12. God does not deal with you and I in our sin. He only deals with us in the economy of grace. So... If I sin, if I go out, drink, and I drive, and I run over somebody, yes, there's judgment and consequence, but mercy rejoices over that with the grace to handle the consequence, right? But that's not how God deals with me now. That's why these the AA and these other uh, addiction programs, which I'm not against, I, I think some of them are excellent, but you never start off by saying, hi, my name is XYZ and I'm an alcoholic. No, that's not who I am. It might be what I do, but it's not who I am. Why? Because my sin is not my identity. Romans 7.20, I'm not my sin. I'm not my, I'm not a stealer. I'm not a thief. I'm not a whoremonger. I'm not a jealous person. Those are things that we do maybe in our fallen nature, but it is not who Christ is that we are. Micah 6, 8, another great verse. I am down. Do not rejoice over me, my enemy. I am down, but I will rise again. Right? It's amazing. Jude 24. Jude 24. He keeps us from falling to present us faultless before his father. How is that possible? It's the blood. So as we get to know this message, our appetite for sin gets less and less, and we have power in our personal life. And if we fail, we repent, we respond to grace, and we agree with God. All right, let's, Romans 5, real quick. I got to read this verse. Romans 5, 17. This is an amazing verse. So the next time the devil wants to remind you of your sin, you can say, Listen, I've repented of that, and it's it's I'm not that's not that's not who I am. It's not imputed. It's a big word. Isn't that a big word? Yeah. Yeah. Amen. All right. You guys are such good listeners. I'm sorry. Right. We're closing in one moment. We're closing. Five seventeen. For if by one man's offense death, death reigned by one, much more they which receive the abundant grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to, to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men under the justification of life. There it is. So if I'm if I have an addiction or a personal sin in my life, then what do I need to do? I need to come to God and say, Lord, tell me who I am in your righteousness. Let your life fill this great void that that brings me back to the pit and back to the vomit. It's not that I try to stop sinning because that's not the more I try to stop sinning, the more I'll sin. The strength of sin is in the law. 
But if we get that void in our heart filled with the righteousness of God, then we have power in our personal life. Wow. So we'll finish Romans 4. Uh, well, actually, you can see verse 9 through 12. It's different examples of how God said, I am going to take care of all their baggage, all their sin, all their genetic flaws. I'm going to I'm going to lay my life down so they can take up my life. He talks about circumcision. He talks about Abraham again, the father of our faith. Again, it was not something that we could earn, but it was accounted unto Abraham because of belief. So, maybe I'll stop there. And um, how many say amen to that? Amen. Yeah. This is our identity. This is this is what the heart of our message uh, is. But any comments or questions today? Yeah, I got it. Yes. Pastor Jason, you had mentioned about habitual sin. You said uh, love has not been perfected in that area. Is that uh, a is that just not realizing the blood has covered that? Is it? Um, I, I guess I was just wondering if you could unpack that part a little bit more about habitual sin. Yes. Um, love not being perfect in that area. Yes. That's First John 4, um, 16. 18 but so um so sin is is again missing mark it's that area in our life that's not been surrendered to god it's a nature that constantly needs to be crucified with christ so when we have a desire let's say it's lust reaching for something outside of God's God's provision that lust is not only central, but it's reaching for anything outside of God's provision. God is saying, let me satisfy you in my love. Let me assure you in my love. And that perfects us. Or another word is mature. Um, it's a maturity that God gives in us. Um, because in, in, uh, I think it's, is it 1 John 3, 9? It says that, that um, if he's of God, he does not sin, for sin is of the devil. And he is saying there that if there's a habitual sin, then there's not the, the understanding of who that person is in love. Okay. So if I have anxiety or if I have fear or if I am uh, living in a lust pattern i would say god love me satisfy the deepest longing of my heart because 
sorry for the long answer, Brian, but we just did a, an addiction seminar. And one of the core things that we said about addiction, number one, we expose the lie. There's a lie in the person's thinking that is causing them to go back to the same habit over and over and over, okay? Mm -hmm. Number two, we wanna expose the reason. We wanna expose the reason, okay? So what could be a lie? I am unworthy, I am not good enough. I, God will never meet my needs. This is my important, this is my most important need and God is not able to meet that need. Okay, that, those are all lies that we believe, right? Uh, we could also say um, the greatest reason, okay? Maybe sin is a coping mechanism. Maybe sin is, uh, again, coupled with I'm going to take my faith in my own hands and um, I'm going to uh, not rely on God, but I'm going to do it my way. So, you know, we're in a fatherless generation. 80% of men in jail are, are there because of maybe their lack of a father figure in their life, right? Any men, they seek the nurturing of their mother. So love is very powerful. Love is what satisfies our longing heart. So I don't, I don't say, Lord, change me. I say, Lord, love me. I don't say, Lord, give me more, uh, give me an accumulation of knowledge. No, no, I say, Lord, give me a revelation of your love. So that void, Proverbs, let's look at Proverbs 24 for a minute. This is a good verse, Proverbs 24. Look at this, here it is. And a lot of, a lot of, habits we unlearn them and relearn them by simply saying lord i'm going to introduce something new i'm going to introduce something like you're doing tonight tonight you're you're enjoying the presence of god you're enjoying the bible but look at this it says proverbs 24 3 through wisdom is a house built and by understanding is it established and by knowledge shall the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. So that's what you're doing. You're filling your, your heart, your mind, your soul with truth. So love, I, we just did a wedding. We said that love thinks no evil. Love Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love sees our value and significance based on the blood of Christ. So I want to listen to love, a love based in truth, right? So we all have a thorn in the flesh, and it's designed for us to see our need for love. It's designed for us to be loved by God. And then ultimately we will be perfected. And that perfection may happen when we're with Jesus, really. <laughs> right? I was thinking of Noah's life. Look at Noah. Noah was, God looked at him as a righteous man. But boy, did he make a, made some really bad decisions, right? 
So what is love saying? What is love? What is love doing? First Corinthians 13 is not us. It's totally God's love. So Satan says, God is not hearing you. He does not see you. He does not care about you. He, you have to get, you have to work it on your own way and do it by your own hand. And I'd say, yes, we may take steps of faith, but we do it based on trusting the nature of God. So, you know, addictions or sin, I'm, I'm convinced people know that they're sinners. I don't need to like prove that we know that unless the person is proud and then maybe, and then maybe we need to kind of like, you know, be, be quite blunt, right? If we even, uh, we know that from Matthew 5, if we even look or if we even think we break the law in all its way, right? But I want to tell somebody who they are, what love has made them to be. Yeah. And does that help, Brian, a little bit? Yeah, that was really good. I, I like the um, exposing the line, exposing the reason. And this it will be a good meditation. Thank you, Pastor. <laughs> yeah, guys, a guy's drinking his beer and he's trying to numb his his sensitivity to being abused or being having a tyrant father or maybe he made a huge mistake and he's he is he just feels like a failure when on the opposite end god is trying to make us sensitive the devil wants us desensitized god wants us sensitive he wants our response he wants us to have a soft heart and the devil's trying to make us hard so we're not going to find our answer in a, in a bottle of ale here we're not going to find our answer and so many of us, I'm sure, have heard this, that when you wake up from your stupor, things are more complicated, more difficult, and the problem has not gone away. It's just become worse, you know? What's that? Gian <laughs> is like the meekest man in the room there. I can't even hear him. <laughs> what? I hear you great, Pastor Carl. Yeah. <laughs> I can't just thank you for him. I love him. I love his voice. Okay, go for it. His daddy speaks for him. <laughs> Got a question for you. <laughs> Can you explain imparted righteousness again? <clears throat> yes. Good. So imputed is what happens when we get saved, right? There's 95 things that happen to us at salvation. Uh, 67 of those are positional and 27 are experiential. And we can get that list for you. I'm sure Pastor Carl has it. 
And one of those experiential gifts, you know, one person said it like this, when we get saved, it's like Christmas. And then our whole life, we're opening the gifts. Good, good example, isn't it? Like we get saved, we get all these gifts. It's like, oh my goodness. And then our whole life, we're opening and discovering the gifts that God has given us. And one of them is, imp is imparted righteousness. And that means we progressively experience God. That's the short version. We experience our faith as we take in the word and apply, or in Hebrews 4.12, we mix faith with what we hear. <laughs> So Hebrews 4.2. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's like this. It's like it's like saying, hey, listen, John. John hasn't eaten in three days, okay? He is starving. Okay, let's say let's say five days. Let's make it a little more intense, okay? Pretty close. <laughs> Pretty close. Okay, Brian is in the next room, and he's got a refrigerator full of food. Yeah, it's not like these guys. Okay, so Gian may know that there's food, but he just doesn't go over and eat it. <laughs> or maybe he knows, he doesn't know, he's ignorant of it, right? That's why I love this about evangelism. Evangelism is one beggar telling another beggar where the bread is, all right? That's evangelism. Like one beggar telling another beggar where the bread is. So, so John, you have a choice to say, I don't want to just live in knowledge. I want to apply myself and go and get some food. And so he goes and he eats and eats and eats. Right. That's like our faith. A lot of people have a lot of knowledge, but there's no application or power because there's no real um appropriation so progressively this is why this is why we grow in grace and knowledge of our lord jesus christ we grow in grace right it's progressively learning christ experiencing christ it's it's a it's it's awesome right like when you got saved to now can look back and see a progressive sanctification and a, an imparted righteousness that makes sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Thank you. That's why someone says, oh, I'm saved. I got my fire insurance, you know? I got my fire insurance. I'm saved. Okay. But really, when you get saved, you enter a large room. Are, are we going to stay in the foyer our whole life? No, no. We're going to walk deeper into the room, and then we're going to go through a threshold and go to another room. It's like being married. You say the vows, you you kiss, and you're pronounced man and wife. And then, and then the rest of your life, you don't talk to each other. You live in you live in separate places. It's like, but that's not a marriage, right? That's what happens in a lot of Christian relationships. They're they're with Christ. We are walking intentionally to know God, and then we are conformed to His image in Romans eight twenty nine. Yeah. Mm 
And it's interesting in heaven. In heaven, your 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 spiritual body will be light. <clears throat> and this is another topic, but each time you go positive to the word of God, there's degrees of light added to you. So in heaven, there'll be so ones that are brighter than the other. It's called the morning star order. They will shine like the sun. Why? Because they lived and grew and imparted righteousness. That's why when you walk into a room on this earth, the devil knows whose are the Lord's because of light. Your life reflects light. Psalm 119.133, the entrance of thy word is light. Like when you speak the word, it's light. It's amazing. Daniel 12.3, you will shine like the stars. So. Pastor Jeff, are you living? Yes, sir. Thank you for you, sir. Anything you want to say? Yeah, go night night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I got a bakery order. I got to check out the 430, so I got to get going. But um, you have been thinking about like the three, um, the three things that Christ does, His blood does, and you're yes. talking about. Uh, I I can't remember off the top, but I remember the third one was it cleanses or cleanses us. Yes. Um, and then you talked about forgiveness, <clears throat> and I was. It just made me think about how how when we're forgiven, just the healing that happens. Um, and in that experience of it and in the, the process of it uh, and it just, you know, we were talking in our, our previous class, the hermeneutics class about how uh, we all see a subject and the Holy Spirit gives us different views of that subject, a different angle of it, same result but a different approach, a different angle, different thing and so you had me thinking about with experience, with the experience of forgiveness when someone asks for forgiveness, just the healing that happens um, but then I thought about the other side of it when we're modeling what Christ did and someone comes to us and says, I offended you. I'm sorry. Forgive me. And we forgive them of that. Just the healing that happens when we forgive as well. Um, just maybe start thinking about that and how in his righteousness we're able to do that. And that's the grace that, that we're given and the grace that we're able to give because of that. So um, that was kind of my, my thought tonight when you were speaking on that. Excellent. Excellent. Thank God for you, sir. Bless your ministry, your wife, family. Wow. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Yeah, I love what he was talking about imputed, right? It's like imputed righteousness is where it's been something imputed to us. And now, and now I don't have to earn, I don't have to earn it, right? I think that's where people really get stuck in their in their walk with God is they they're they're still thinking that they've got to earn something that they've already received, right? Like this was this was this was imputed to us because of what Christ did. So now Christ is doing the work in our life. And so we're not now have to earn something, right? To like to, to receive God's righteousness anymore. So talk a little bit about that a little bit because I still see more I still see more of that in in the Christian behavior. 
And so when they feel like they haven't done enough, right? Then they then they they come down on themselves. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I'm not doing enough. Maybe you know God will see me more. You know, because there's some insecurity. You know, there's some insecurity with the imputed righteousness part of God's work. Absolutely, I'd say that's uh, I'd say that's probably most of the problem in counseling uh, in our in our yeah. own personal thinking is is that yeah it's it's translating God based on my uh, my good works. It's like it's like the um, the balances. If I do good things, that I'm in God's favor. If I do bad things, God is punishing yeah. me. You know, right. I mean, there's the law of gravity. If I step off a bridge, I'm going to go flying down. Or there's the law of gravity. So there's the law of sin. Okay, it's death, right? But yeah. God's law is the royal law. It's the royal. It's the liberty. The, the law of liberty which is saying, listen, Christ stood in your place. And this is why people struggle with Hebrews 6 and Hebrews 10. If we don't do it through Christ, there is no other provision for us. We trample the blood of Christ. If we do it in ourselves, it will, it will, it's like trampling and saying, Lord, the work of the cross was not enough. All right. So, so imputed righteousness means everything that God did is is our we are inheritance of we're we are inheritors of. Yeah. Amen. Lizzie, you got a question? Um Lizzie, <laughs> yes. Texas. <laughs> well, I've been actually studying Romans. So, like, you know, one of the things I had mentioned earlier in hermeneutics when I was listening, Pastor Carl, it mentioned like, you know, that I was reading, uh, it was Romans 13, 12, and it says the night is far spent, the day is at hand, therefore let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Even talking about like us putting on Christ, um, that like imputed, right? Christ, Christ steps in think about when you were talking about light, like when we grow in a relationship with him, when we're spending time with them, when when we when we know the love of God, our light does shine brighter. Our armor is stronger. Though we are weak. Mm. Excellent. Hey, can I read a verse, Lizzie, that you kind of provoked me with? Um, Ephesians 4, 22 through 25. You want, to, you want to hear something interesting? Yes. Like, put off concerning the former conversation of the old man, which mm. is corrupt according to deceitful lusts, and be renewed. It's like the great reboot. Be mm -hmm. renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true <clears throat> holiness. And then we put off, we put away lying, speaking every truth to, the, to his neighbor for our members are one of another. So that's, it, that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. So when the devil comes with a lie, we can say, wait a minute, let me put that through the right, through the righteousness filter and see how it goes, you know? 
Mm -hmm. Obviously, it gets shredded because it's, you know, because <laughs> sure, we are sinners. That, that's true, but that's not the whole truth, right? Mm hmm. Mm. And I like what Pastor Jeff said. It's like, this is what sets us free. It's like the only way things change is if I thinking changes, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Courage is not the absence of fear. We know this. It's just that something else is greater than mm -hmm. our fear. It's the love of, of the goal or the objective, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of people think that that sin is that they are that God deals with them based on sin. Mm. Now I'm going to say this: sin is a law, like gravity. The third, the second law of thermodynamics. It's it's like there's there's science to it. If I touch water, I'm going to be wet. I mean, it's just that's the fact. But God mm. deals way beyond that. He deals in the economy of grace and says, "Listen, I am." handling you based on what my son did you will experience the consequence but it will not remove sonship and pastor carl's right i think this is a a mental block because we are rational natural thinkers that one plus one equals two but in god's economy it's my favorite phrase, Jesus plus nothing equals everything, right? Mm. Yeah. Plus, plus, Pastor Jason, you, you mentioned, you know, a lot, like like John chapter 17, I heard you mention that in your, you know, thought this evening too as well. And I think that's where we come back. It's like in our messages, the blood, the blood takes care of right blood takes care of us so here's here's the cleansing blood here's the blood that covers right that covers us here here's the blood that you know like god sees sees <clears throat> us sees us now through through the blood of christ doesn't look at us and see us anymore and some somehow like our messages right reflects reflects the finished work in them Reflects mm. the blood, reflects the blood of Christ, and how God sees us through His Son, right? So now, for the believer to like increase, for the believer to increase in what the blood has done, then he needs to he needs to decrease so that his faith will increase in what the blood has done, not based in what he's done. Because mm -hmm. see, what he's done. He thinks it hasn't taken care of him or her. So then there, there comes there comes the um, the part where Brian mentioned earlier, like you know I don't know if God really loves me, right? Because why if if God really loves me, then why am I still struggling with what the blood did? You know, so the blood the blood took care of my sin. Why am I still sinning? <laughs> right, right. Like, why am I still having this issue? And I think that's what Pastor Jason was talking about. That's where the, in, I like how he set up this, you know, the, um, the class using like the progression, right? The progression of what the blood will do, like the imparted part will come. So now as I grow, right, 
then what happens is I grow out of those things. Yes. Rather than trying to remove them, right? I I grow out of them. Now all of a sudden when I forgive a person, like something takes place of the old thought. It just happens. Like, you know, new words are coming behind the forgiveness. So I won't have to say, oh, I I forgave him, but I, I still ain't forgot. Mm-hmm. You know, something new comes in, right? Second Corinthians 5, 16 and 17 and gives me new thoughts now. What was it? It was through the blood of Christ, right? It started giving me new thoughts behind the forgiveness. So I really did forgive them and I really have forgotten it, right? Because it not only, it, it, it's the cleansing we talked about, it's the sanctification, it's the, um, the sanctification, what did we say early? No works. Um, it cleanses me. It sanctifies sanctifies me, right? So it sanctifies me, cleanses me, so that now all of a sudden the word did that. So now I can forgive and I can forget Mm. because the word did it. Yeah. Yeah. I want to highlight. Yeah, go on. I like that. No, I like that. I want to eat with you a little bit on that. No, I, I didn't want to interrupt you. I'm sorry. I, I, uh, I, you said something very key, and I, I think it really makes it crystal clear. We grow out of it. We grow out of it. Like, like I think of my son, you know, we buy him clothes, and then in a very short period of time, he grows out of them. And, you know, he fits in them for a season, and then he grows out because yeah. something is happening in his body and his body is expanding, growing taller. And I think as long as he's healthy, right, he's going to grow. It's the same principle. We have a sin nature and we're going to, we are going to grow out of certain habits because we're growing in new, new, uh, in yeah. new ways. That's good. It's a very, it's a very good illustration you gave. Mm-hmm. Because you can tell a kid stop growing, right? Yes. And what's what's he going to do? It's it's in his nature to continue to grow. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just think when, when you know I came to Jesus, when I came to Christ, I was going to church, I was faithful, but still I had some addictions, some some things that wasn't dealt with. But over time, I didn't stop doing those things i just kept growing and then those things just disappeared yeah they just fell off yeah yeah so blood took yeah grace took care of it blood took care of it so i already know like you know i didn't have to concentrate oh i'm already getting i I need to change this because now i heard it i'm like no the words that it would change me you know that's what it will do it change me so let's prove that the word will change me by like not trying to do what you used to do, but if I'm saturated, I'm under the word of God, I'm in the body, you That's know, it. I'm with Christ, and I'm staying in that place, then all of a sudden the transformation process takes place. And I'm thinking, like, wow, I don't I don't I don't drink anymore. Like what yes. happened? And then then you don't even like when the, the, then when you see people drinking, you wonder why they're drinking. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow, what you know, it's almost like you know it happened, and you, for, and you forgot that it happened. But God just showed you 
that the blood took care of. And the blood it's so and it's it's so dirty. important. It's so important. Like the devil wants our focus on on our sin, on what's not happening. <laughs> yes. He wants us totally, totally trying to change ourselves. And but if we're I love that word you said saturate. If I'm mm-hmm. like I'm just jumping that ocean of grace, focus on the ocean, focus on on the answer, focus on the person, and then all of a sudden, you know, we're floating and we're being taken to new places, right? I love Ephesians 2, 8, 9. We quote it all the time, but for by grace are you saved through faith. It's not of yourself. I mean, I wish I could just scream that. It's not of ourselves. <laughs> It is a gift of God. It's not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, unto good works with which God has uh, before ordained that we should walk in them. So people take this verse and they say, oh, that's just for salvation. That's the Christian life. I just read the Christian yes. life in these three verses. That's, the, that's our whole life. Yes. Anyway, yes. good news. Yes, good news. Very Christine, Christine you're quiet as a church mouse. Christine, anything you want to say? No, I've been so much all the Roman classes. Oh. <laughs> you get an A+. Plus. <laughs> Amen. Well, it was a good question. Pastor Jason, that was really great. Thank you. All right. In the time with your class, I just got hit up. I wanted to. We love you guys. Yeah, we love you, sir. And um, is there any any last words, last thoughts, last looks for us before you go? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) I'm scared now. Uh, (laughs) Last thoughts, last looks, last words. (laughs) Lord, uh, um, hey, just thank God for you. Thank you for your love for the Word and and uh, this Bible school is powerful. It's yes. uh, it's a bright it's a bright light in your in Wilmington, and uh, don't underestimate the work of God in your life. I mean, uh, you are important, and it's a joy to be a helper of your joy and encourage you. And I'm praying for you and. Talk to me if you need something, and okay. if I can help make this clearer. But um, thanks for letting me be with you guys tonight. Amen. Thank you, sir. We love you. Thank you. All right. Yeah. Hey, Brian, can you send this to me, this this recording? Could you mind sending it to me, too? Yes. I think it's still recording, so it's going to be a long <laughs> video. Oh, yeah. That's okay.